0: Welcome to Protect, Suicide Prevention Training Podcast for Healthcare Professionals. I'm Manan, Consultant Psychiatrist, Founder and Head of Faculty at Progress Guide. Episode 1, An Introduction to Protect, Novel Clinical Solutions to Suicide Risk Management. Most of us working in mental health, carry within us either personal stories or professional of loss through suicide. 2021 marks 20 years of the loss of a beloved family member to suicide. And even now, it brings up difficult emotions. Wake up, there is an emergency, said my father. And as I mentioned, 20 years have passed since that 5 a.m. shove. However, I still remember the sight of the beloved family member hanging from the kitchen ceiling fan as if it was yesterday. Although I was just a young doctor, I was not unfamiliar with death. But the stone-cold touch of a loved one left an indelible mark on my psyche. There was no emergency. It had been a little while since he had passed away. Two years earlier, I had made a choice to train as a psychiatrist. Very few supported my choice. He was one of them who stood by me. The afternoon before he suicided, We had spent together. I was about to leave for Britain. It is customary in India to take the blessings of elders when one begins a new life journey. We chatted about life, politics, philosophy. We talked about day-to-day things. His son had a tremor and he had taken him to a bank manager to ratify his signature on bank checks. He told me about money that he was putting away in gift envelopes for his children for the upcoming autumn festival. It was a pleasant afternoon with nice memories to cherish. Little did I know that he was sharing final acts with me. Over the years, I have reflected endlessly on that afternoon. At times, I gently remind myself that I was not looking, and he never had any mental health challenges. If anything, he was the model of resilience and wisdom for the entire community. At other times, I tell myself that I do not have the superpower to read minds or foretell the future. How was I to know that having made a final decision, he was at peace? But every now and then, my defenses still fall apart as I grapple with self-doubt. Having said that, his memory continues to inspire me and my work. My passion and work in suicide prevention perhaps emanates from a place of personal pain and loss it has been shaped by the grit and determination that I've seen in so many people in suicidal distress. They have taught me my most important life lessons. However, it is the likes of you, healthcare professionals, who capture hope when hope is fading, that I would like to dedicate this podcast series to. Dawn heals the darkest hour, but when dawn is not inside, you are the candle of hope. So, this is to you you all, who work in healthcare and support people in suicidal distress. The emotional distress that suicide brings up for me, it may be the same for you. The content that we cover in the course may bring up difficult emotions, so please take breaks and look after your well-being. A person with suicidal ideation is often trapped in an overwhelming sense of despair. Stemming from entrapment, suicide may become the salient solution to life circumstances and intense psychological pain. Suicide is a major public health problem with over 800,000 people dying annually worldwide. And for each completed suicide, there may have been 20 or other attempts. To support those in suicidal distress, professionals, families and friends strive to establish new and alternative ways of coping. However, there is a dissonance between the reality of those experiencing a crisis for whom suicide is the perceived solution and those that are caring who view suicide as the problem. Reconciling these positions is difficult as professionals have to understand the person's pain before they can form a collaborative partnership on the road to recovery. In a serious suicidal crisis, Recovery-oriented practice is often sacrificed on the altar of safety, and care becomes prescriptive. In our previous work in reducing coercion in care in the acute setting, staff and patients highlighted their difficulties in striking this balance. They described the restrictive practice as, it never is very nice, but it is a necessary evil. 86% of study participants highlighted The importance of enhancing relationships through empathic communication as a way of overcoming the challenges that are posed in inpatient care. This was the most common theme that emerged and formed the foundation of the promise program, which showed that with the right care, the person has more control. This way of working calls for compassion and a deeply empathic value set amidst professionals who need to be skilled at identifying and supporting people at risk, sometimes in high-pressure environments like in patient wards and emergency departments. Although suicide prevention training to gatekeepers, primary care physicians, emergency department staff, and mental health professionals has been rolled out, reducing suicide rates remains a challenge. Most packages focus on assessment skills, risk screens and risk factor tools but do not address tensions between divergent views of people in distress and professionals involved and how to build empathic partnerships. Risk assessments may become a tick box exercise and fail to capture the narrative of the person's distress particularly in time and resource-poor environments. Also most training programs focus on which information to collect and do not address biases in thinking and attitudes which may considerably influence the outcome. Based on relational safety, PROTECT provides a novel approach to supporting people in suicidal distress. Relational safety can be thought of as a deeply empathic therapeutic alliance that the professional establishes with the person in distress and their natural circle of support. There are two beautiful Zulu words that capture the essence of relational safety. The first is sabono. It's a greeting, a hello, meaning we see you, me and my ancestors see you. Not just you, but you and your ancestors, your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations. And in the process of seeing, we bring you into being. To create relational safety for a person in suicidal distress, perhaps. That is the way in which we need to see and listen to the person. The relationship itself becomes a springboard for recovery. This is captured in the second word, Ubuntu. I am because we are. Recovery is a journey of hope that is done together in partnership. This is the golden thread that runs through Protect. How to use the healing power of human relationship. How do we make a person in suicidal distress experience, truly experience Ubuntu? So, a pause for thought. When assessing or supporting people with suicidality, do we see them for who they are and what they stand for in life, or do we see a risk that needs fixing? It's a question for everyone to ponder on and answer for themselves. The origins of PROTECT lies in 333, a highly successful and internationally acclaimed service of inpatient and community crisis care from Cambridge, UK. 333 has very high clinical efficiency and patient experience scores. Recovery principles are embedded into the fabric of care delivery and patient involvement scores are extremely high. The 333 system of inpatient care hosted the national award-winning Promise Programme to decrease coercion and care and improve patient experience. The promised paper on suggestions for reducing physical restraint won the Wiley Paper of the Year Award. The suggestions in this paper from people with lived and professional expertise forms a foundation of relational safety, a way of being that supports professionals to strike the balance between risk and recovery. The National Award for Patient Experience was based on the SCORE's of patient experience. And there were over four and a half thousand surveys that were conducted over a three year period for inpatients. It's not a small sample. 98% said staff are polite and friendly. 97% felt welcome and 98% of patients felt involved in their treatment and care decisions. The scores capture the effort staff put into building relationships and what can be achieved through the power of relationships. These principles of co-production that were learned in 323 and PROMISE are embedded all through PROTECT. We have had some amazing success stories with PROTECT. For example, in the emergency department of a large Australian public sector hospital, which supports monthly around 500 to 600 people in mental health crisis, the rollout of a particular aspect of PROTECT called SAFE in December 2019 gave staff the confidence to safety plan effectively, allowing them to discharge people home earlier. And in the midst of a complex intervention with leadership changes and staffing changes, it actually helped reduce the average length of stay in ED from highs of over 18 hours in 2019 to below six hours in 2020 and to below four hours in 2021. With the appropriate training and support to practice the skills they have gained, staff can achieve amazing feats. The work we have done has been presented internationally across all six continents. From its beginning in 323 over the last decade, PROTECT has grown and incorporated a number of evidence-based practice in suicide prevention into the training. They are now available as beautiful books, both a guidebook and a workbook, and a combined one as well which are available on Amazon or at www.progress.guide. There are three principal modules. A core module in which we introduce the concept of relational safety through the care compass, pain relief optimization, a risk rethinking, and empathy in action, and through a range of theoretical constructs and practical conversation aids, it covers the delicate balancing acts that professionals need to master. We often say, protect the core, progress all else. The core module lays the foundation on which protect is built. So it establishes the values and principles of relational safety, supporting professionals to strike those delicate balances that are essential in everyday care. The next module is Assess. As the name suggests, it's the assessment module aimed at getting to know the person in distress and gaining a thorough understanding of their psychological pain. But knowing oneself is a prerequisite to gaining a thorough understanding of the psychological pain of the person in suicidal distress. So assess promotes self-awareness regarding clinical decision-making, along with knowledge of the assessment sequence, suicide phenomenology, strategies for interaction, all the way to formulation and documentation. And finally, a recovery module called Aspire that focuses on the person's strengths and assets. This care module in Protect is a framework to co-create a safe and empowering recovery journey. Acceptance of the person's ambivalence towards living enables a sequence of actions from safety planning in the midst of a crisis to delivering person-centered care, building resilience for the future. Aspire brings to life assets-focused, recovery-oriented way of working. The three modules bring together a range of techniques, strategies, Frameworks, and above all, a way of being that cultivates hope and bolsters the strengths with which a person in suicidal distress may have lost touch. One can think of the training program as purchasing new clothes for an existing wardrobe. It does not mean that the old wardrobe has to be discarded, as a new suit might go very well with a shirt and tie from what already exists. The knowledge and Skills from Protect will complement those that already exist in an experienced clinician and for beginners in mental health, it will provide a solid foundation. If you believe the podcast will be helpful to yourself and other healthcare professionals like yourself, please do recommend the podcast to others as it will bring progress to practice and keep alive the passion in the practice of mental health care. Thank you.